Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. Oh, goddamn hacker, that second damn night that asshole's got in. The movement was begun eight months ago by a small group of scientists who discovered, quite by accident, these signals being sent through That took the hackers months to figure out how to do this. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. They have created a repressive society, and we are their unwitting accomplices. Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. We have been lulled into a trance. They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others, We are focused only on our own game. Please understand, they are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. They're pulling the water out of the sandwich. I'm sure many of you are familiar with these scenes from John Carpenter's documentary, They Live. Many of you have your own glasses on, see through the rank lies all around, through this fake reality known as society, through this slaughterhouse of what is good and compassionate, this penal colony ruled by that wickedness in high places. They have stolen this planet's future. They have destroyed the working and middle class. They have corrupted all religions and learning institutions. They are feeding on our souls. You've seen it. You see it now. And you wonder what to do. It's what, like Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, We know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know that we know they are lying. 
We know that they know that we know they are lying. And still they continue to lie. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. No more, because we ain't taking off our they live glasses, Roddy Piper. We know that the awakening of an individual is a cosmic rebellion, and in that our purpose becomes manifest. We don't want to be the change we want to see in the world, as Gandhi said, but the strange we want to see in the world. We are of the broken places, and thus we can be a glitch in the matrix. We know. We see. We understand. The psychotic drowns where the mystic swims. And you come every week to gain more gnosis, which Jungian Gil's Gispel defined as going through the inferno of matter and the purgatory of morals to arrive at the spiritual paradise. Every man carries a circle of hell around his head like a halo. Every man, every man has to go through hell to reach his paradise. Welcome to Aeon Bite. Welcome you veterans of a thousand psychic wars. We don't take prisoners but liberate them. We are not the final authority on anything, but hope to be an endless possibility for everything. We're running with those searching for the truth and avoiding those who have found it. We're writing our own gospel and living our own myth. I am your host, Miguel Connor, your pompadus of Gnosis always providing red pill suppositories that crack real nice in those outer rectums of reality. Men still have nipples, but at least we have our they live glasses. I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Not this year. Okay, all right. Come on. Come on. For a massive red pill suppository, I can't think of anyone better than our astral guest in this eternal now, James True. He materializes again at the virtual Alexandria to discuss his book, The Best Apocalypse Ever. Beyond always wearing his they-live glasses to see all the men behind the curtain, James knows that imagination is the only weapon in the war against reality, and that our souls are made of stories and not atoms. Thus, we must create better than the creator gods and their Karens and Katamites in the establishment. You need to believe in things that aren't true. How else can they become? James will be shining a valis pink bean light on the Archon Feast of 2020 and 2021 so far. And wait until you hear about James's unique but still relevant takes on Michael Jackson, Medusa, Hollywood, 
Baphomet, and much more. Here is a cool quote from The Best Apocalypse Ever. What is Dojo Earth? God did not cast you out of the garden. This was a lie you told yourself, and you feel its shame when you are naked. You came to Dojo Earth to be transmuted from lead to gold. You opened the door and amnesia hit you in the face. This is all part of Dojo Earth's training. Look at the students who came before you. You are trained by the teacher of Addis, Buddha, Dionysus, Hercules, Horus, Jesus, Krishna, Mithras, Osiris, Tammuz, and Zoroaster. It's like we've forgotten who we are, don't Explorers, pioneers, not caretakers. Well, we used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. In our interview, James also provides a fascinating argument on lying as not being that negative. It reminds me a bit of Bernardo Castro and Donald Hoffman arguing that we can't see reality as it is, or it would liquefy our consciousness. Very much like Abraxas brings madness to anyone who beholds him. So maybe Abraxas is just naked reality, seeing the all through our monkey brain, not transformed into divinity, into that gold on dojo earth. Maybe that's why Abraxas was Charles Manson's patron god. Maybe we need to clothe ourselves in the right stories, the right gospel and myth, and ascend slowly to seeing reality as it is. Like the ancient Gnostics and Neoplatonists and Merkaba Jews in their ascents through the heavenly spheres. Maybe W.B. Yeats was right when he said, Man can embody truth, but he cannot know it. What is the truth? We place faith in ourselves. We see the world the way it really is, and hope that one day all mankind might see the same. What is the world, then? An illusion. One which we can either submit to, as most do, or transcend. What is it to transcend? To recognize nothing is true and everything is permitted. These days I see Gnosticism as a perfect blend of simulation theory and cosmic horror. We likely live in some sort of bad software construct, coded by programmer angels. The Gnostics said this 2,000 years ago, and no one since really dealt with this concept in the West with a few exceptions like Descartes and his demon. Today, it's mathematical and scientific. As long as the Matrix exists, the human race will never be free. On the side of cosmic horror, the Gnostics agreed with Lovecraft that we aren't alone in the universe. But whatever is with us beyond the horizon is not friendly at all. Like in Lovecraftian lore, stepping too far outside of town, 
traveling to the reaches of the world, looking too high to the stars leads to some treacherous situations. Mighty Cronenbergs notice us, even if they perhaps created us and have always considered us their chattel. And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. A mixture of simulation theory and cosmic horror. Except for one thing in Gnosticism. No nihilism. To one with Gnosis, the stark truth sets us free and doesn't drive us mad like Abraxas. And our heroic soul fuels us on a journey beyond the construct to a vast ocean of divinity we can bathe in and be transformed into our previous godlike versions. As cosmic horror author Thomas Ligotti said, The sinister, the terrible, never deceive. The state in which they leave us is always one of enlightenment. If you're frightened of dying and, and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. Trust me, oh you of the broken places, our potential is limitless. We can break the Demiurge's algorithms. We can overtake those horrors in the darkness. We are Legion, and we are Legend. Fuck damnation, man. Fuck redemption. We are God's unwanted children. So be it! Don't forget the fiery parody and satire of the ancient Gnostics. That gallows humor, that riveting joy when choosing ecstasy over entertainment. The canonical Jesus never laughs, but the Gnostic Jesus laughs a lot. Sometimes mocking, sometimes comforting, sometimes in pure rhapsody. That's what you are meant to do, because uh, it really is all a joke. Except you're no longer the punchline. <laughs> Get your They Live glasses on. Nurture your gallows humor with our interview with James True. First, a clip from the Lynchian Under a Silver Lake, where the protagonist, Andrew Garfield, encounters the undead piano man, who has been social engineering our world like a demonic Orpheus since modernity began. Is this real? I don't know. Probably true, James. James True. I don't care what's fashionable or cool. It's all silly and it's all meaningless. I created so many of the things that you care about. The songs that give your life purpose and joy. When you were 15 and rebelling, you were rebelling to my music. Uh-oh. That's one you know. <laughs> there is no rebellion. There's only me. I don't believe you. I am the voice of your generation. Your grandparents, 
your parents, and all the young people that follow you. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> Everything that you hoped for, that you dreamed about being a part of, is a fabrication. Your art, your writing, your culture is the shell of other men's ambitions. Ambitions beyond what you will ever understand. <laughs> That's funny to you. Well, it's a little bit funny, don't you think? <laughs> because I wrote this. And I wrote this. <laughs> and I wrote this. Stop it. And I wrote this too. Stop it. Who's paying you to write these songs? Who's paying you to write these songs? This is the AM Byte interview. And with us, we definitely have the pleasure of being joined back by James True. And we will be discussing his latest book, uh, The Best Apocalypse Ever, although we will certainly be combing through many of his other excellent works and ideas. James, thanks for coming back. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure to be here. Awesome to have you back, definitely. And with us, it's always great to have the Moondog, Vance Saatchi. Vance, how are you? I'm here. Here I am and uh, anxiously awaiting to hear all the true information we're going to hear tonight. There you go. Well, James, uh, God, how have you been? It's very interesting because uh, when all this strangeness happened in early 2020, I put on my intros, I started saying, this is the best time to be awake. And I noticed you started saying, this is the best apocalypse ever. And you and I agree on a lot. Obviously, we disagree on some things or else uh, we'd have to look at each other and say, man, we were, we've been created in a conveyor belt if we agreed on everything. <laughs> but why did you suddenly say this is the best apocalypse ever? Um, mainly just through observation. Uh, I can't even say that I had that vector when I first started. Um, I, I really believe that there was just like a lot of uh, evil bad doers out there. And it's not that I don't think that there's something called evil. It's just that I understand more what it is and how it's more of just the lack of good. And as I saw this entire year unfold, this Corona burst this really powerful information light burst and, and apertures uh, dilated all over the all over the world, whether they wanted to or not. And uh, I saw a consent-driven rapture literally unfolding before <laughs> our eyes of psychology that that explained to me why the world is the way it is, why lies are so important and crucial to the scaffolding of this uh, entire uh, matrix that that we have here. It's just. I've never felt so confident in how I render and understand the world as a result of, of this apocalypse. And so in my mind, we've had many apocalypses, and this is probably the best one we've ever had. 
So it's it's my thumbs up to to the chefs in charge of all this operation. <laughs> oh yes, I, I mean I agree with you. And yeah, you're talking about good and evil. One of the quotes I've always liked uh, that you've uh, shown or uh, typed in social media, if you're not banned or suspended from one here or there, which happens a lot, is uh, this is not a battle of good versus evil. It's a battle of you versus the lack of you. And I think that's it. I mean this. It's the greatest time to look inward as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, such a, a beautiful uh, experience where each of us have a consent ticket where we get to um, sit deep in our cockpit and feel the controls of full sovereignty or hit that ejector button and just get the hell out of your body and let the uh, motions of the rapture take over and steer you into this uh, autopilot sort of uh, thing. And that's where that quote, quote, evil comes in. It's the lack of you. It's the lack of you driving, much like a, a jet ski. If, if you fall off a jet ski, it's designed to automatically turn to the right in a circle <laughs> so that the jet ski doesn't just wander off. That, that in a certain way, we as humans are allowed anytime we want to just let go of the controls. And that's when fashion, that's when uh, the, the, the daemon spirits, the muse, the spirits of everything, the, the psychological scaffolding is allowed to kind of steer you automatically. So you just go along with things. You, you uh, give your consent away. You, you find things easier. So you accept certain things, certain truths maybe um, that are just simply more comfortable so the more I the more the more I look, the more I see uh, it's a unanimous consent-driven fantasy that we all live in, and the reason why there's so many lies is because that's how you would have to render a video game where there would be multiplayers, but each of them is allowed to have a different aperture, a different kind of resolution on what they see. So you still have free will, we still have consent. But we need these things called lies to make it work, <laughs> to make your world and my world render in the same holodeck. Um, there is this glue that holds it together. And that glue is called is called lies, basically. Yeah. One of the posts you had early in the best apocalypse ever when things uh where the veil was being lifted and our last interview was right before everything hit, but mm -hmm. you would say there's nothing in the Bible that says lying is uh, lying is a sin. And man, the reaction people you got from m mostly the right wing was quite intense. Could you explain about that? Even though I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, I just find it profound. You would think that, that the rule number one would be, Hey man, don't freaking lie. There's certainly <laughs> rules about adultery. Absolutely. I'm not trying to say there's not a rules about that, but, but they're, they're very specific what they're calling bad. And there's not a specific rule that says, Hey man, you can't lie to yourself. And this led me to look at how we perceive reality chemically. It led me down this path of the eye of raw. This uh, I, I just called that, but it's the first eye. And it's the idea that we perceive the world in its raw pneumatic form, like sensory for like smell form, 250 milliseconds before our rational brain 
can even catch up to that. And that that world, that inner reptilian, you could call it, sees everything, everything. But he sees it through this sense of smell. It's a, a deeper kind of smell. We don't quite understand uh, what it is yet. I'm not going to get lost down here, but there's a lot to this. But the point is, is that when it gets to your eyes, but after your pineal gland, it goes through your amygdala. And then it goes into your occipital lobe. It goes to the back of your brain first. Then it goes to your eyes and then it renders inside your retina cave. Plato's cave is a rendering engine where you have two different processors, your left brain and your right brain. And they are rendering what the amygdala, not what she saw. It's what the amygdala felt that you would not freak out if she showed you. So your inner reptilian sees everything. But your amygdala, your mother Mary, your Mary Magdalene, she is filtering what is seen and only painting on your retinal walls what she has. To go back to the idea of lying, what the Bible is telling you is, is hey, not only is lying not a, a sin, not a commandment, but you're going to need to lie so you don't uh, just freeze kind of like a fainting goat, right? There's certain kinds of goats that if you startle them, their entire nervous system is just <laughs> jacked, right? And yeah. they fall over. And so we as humans have that same fidelity resolution issue where we could blow our, our amplifiers. We could go in clip uh, very easily. We need a, uh, an, uh, a filter that's able to say, look, if I paint this in front of this guy, he's going to fucking go nuts. He's, he's, he's going to pee on himself. He's going to wreck the car. He's going to die. And so your brain has learned to, to hold this stuff off. And so it has all these electrical fields as like defenses. So if you tell me something that's very terrifying to me, that, that, that I cannot see in the world, you see it because your resolution of the world is say 1920 by 1080 just to make up some numbers you see that clearly on the mountaintop there is a lion and he's coming this way i see it 600 by 480 640 by 480 not only do i not see a lion it kind of looks like a gummy bear <laughs> it looks kind of happy and here you are telling me with your higher resolution what's happening but my resolution isn't a result of me being uh 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 broken it's that we are all designed with this different aperture this different dilation much much as like a survival mechanism you could think of our our consciousness as like a flower and in in our example your flower is open much wider so it's able to perceive things that are a little bit more uh terrifying but but it wouldn't shut your system down, so to speak, but you're surrounded in a world where everyone else is living at 640 by 480. And so what do they do? They call you schizophrenic. They call you weird. They put you on Thorazine. They do whatever it takes to get your reality to conform to those. And one of the things they do is they lie to themselves. They say, well, that dude's crazy. That's all. He's just crazy. And that's a defense mechanism we have to stop us from just shutting down because we saw something too freaky. 
Yeah, for the audience, the commandment is uh, do not bear false witness to your neighbors. So in a way, uh, it kind of doesn't talk about exactly lying. And I love this passage in your book, James, and please let me read it. It goes, lies are the abyss of gnosis. Lies are the taffy holding this matrix together. Lies are truth's incubator. Lies are important. Lies are necessary. Lies cast us out of the garden. Lies give us privacy. Lies give us identity. We are naked without lies. We feel shame when our lie is exposed. There is no commandment in the Bible against lying, at least not completely. So, yeah, very cool. So this is about understanding, having a valve to not just accept the truth, but also tell the truth. I'm assuming, like Oscar Wilde said, if you're going to convince somebody, make them laugh or they'll kill you. And like you, you like to wrap a lot of your your writings in myth and parables and other things to sort of make your point. Yeah, it's the only way to survive it. You have to emotionally make someone feel so shitty for disagreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> that that they see their point. I'm just saying right. that, that that's how it works is that, that when you first tell someone lying is, is okay. They're immediately porcupine. Oh, yeah. First of all, they're in immediate denial that they lie. That That's step one. You immediately hear, well, I don't even lie. So this is all right. <laughs> so then you're stuck trying, if you wanted to stay in this conversation, you're stuck trying to get them to see, well, actually you do lie, but it's okay. That's part of why I write the book that way, because I know that, that you will dilate your resolution will go from 640 to 480 up to 1920 by 1080. The moment you stop convincing yourself how fucked up you are, how evil you are, how the entire world is evil, how lies are evil, how everything's broken. That state is a state of constipation. You're not ovulating to give birth to the new pollen, the new information that's coming from the sun. So much of our body is controlling the amount of information that comes through light. We use melanin and dopamine inside our bodies like clutch pedals. One's a break. That's the melanin. It's literally absorbs information from light. That's why you have melanin inside your ear. The cochlea inside your ear, which is not exposed to any light at all, has melanin in it. It's releasing and secreting melanin to block out information that's simply too terrifying for you to absorb or to comprehend. That's why all the the uh, historical ideas about demons, um, I think, are, are much more profound than I've ever considered them to be because I understand why and how we use melanin to stop reality and dopamine to allow more reality in that the more comfortable we are with the scene the more dopamine is secreted which stops the melanin which allows your rods and cones to perceive and read more information that's coming in which feeds back into your pineal and your occipital lobe can now show more because it trusts you it knows that you're not just going to freak out and drive into a wall and uh, scientifically or physically, how can you, uh, what are some things you can do to regulate this okay. so you can see reality better yeah. or so deal with reality better? One way you could do is to have a melanin deficiency. You could be like Noah, who was like totally white, right? An albino. 
that albinos have a, a higher propensity for uh, for schizophrenia. Uh, they have a higher propensity for being shaman in North African villages. Why? Because they are not able to stave off um, their melanin. The, their body thinks it's secreting melanin, but it's just not there. So they tend to go crazy faster, but also they tend to, to, to see things that no one else can see because they simply don't have the ability to turn it off. They just can't. Now, that's just one. Uh, anyone that that has uh, yeah well, let me interrupt and that is important because yeah. in ancient tribes regardless of where in the world the shaman was sometimes had to grow up underground in a cave it was, the shaman wasn't allowed to go outside in the no sun way. which is wow. to, yeah so it's a, it's actually yeah a prevalent practice in so many cultures but uh, that's amazing it's there's so much is tied to this uh melanin dopamine clutch connection in fact if you start to look at what messiah means mashiach truly means um a lot of the oils that they were using to anoint the christ with the christ could be anybody in this in this case those oils were were dilating the skin so much that the dopamine receptors were stimulated so basically, um, by anointing someone, you're you're opening, you're dilating them even more. Much like uh, a Lamaze class before birth, you you have this ceremony that you're going in to make sure that you're as fully dilated as you can possibly be. Interesting, James. Could you tell us a little bit about what you mean by the lie? That's I think important. So. Um, most of the things that if you think about your bubble, your toroidal, I'd like you to picture that you have a, a simple toroidal field around you and that this field is, is made up of feelings and emotions and ego. It's, it's your charisma. It's how you feel about yourself. Um, lies are going to be energetic blockage points that stop certain things from coming into you that would be uh, hurtful or vulnerable. Things that make you vulnerable um, are things that you would have to lie about to solve your electrical field. So if you could just kind of imagine that at the bottom of your electrical field, you have some holes in it because of your roots, because of your family connections, things like that. So maybe you react really poorly when uh, when uh, a father figure is around or something. So you end up lying to yourself about someone else. But the reason why you're lying is you're using that to cover up and block out this other hole that's sucking energy from your field. But basically, every single emotion, every single feeling that you have, whether good or bad or intrinsically helpful or intrinsically hurtful, is you secreting are pulling in energy from the environment. Lying is your way of protecting and staving off uh, holes in your keel that otherwise would cause you to sink in other situations. So lies are, are, are more diagnostic than we've ever imagined. And if you could learn to accept your lies more, you could start to use it as diagnostic things, such as uh, you might lie because someone who didn't really wrong you sort of uh, wronged you, and then you, you start to lie to yourself about how much they wronged you. Well, what you're really doing is, is you're saying, look, 
I need to vent some electricity. I need to dump some electricity. And out of all the fields that I have, I have a hole here next to Brian because I can say, well, Brian did this and, and this and this, and that guy's always had it out for me. And he's always this and he's always that. That entire feeling, that entire lie you're having is a alchemical formula. It's a thermodynamic equation that you're having that thanks to the animism of your mind, of Brian, you're able to open that field, dump, either pull energy in from Brian or dump energy out towards Brian. It's, it's a venting technique. So lie would in your mind would basically be something that, that you find out later you were doing for energetic gain versus for an actual truth about what it was. It's a long answer, but I hope that answers your question. Yeah, most of what I heard was uh, kind of a filtering mechanism for self-protection and so forth. How about in the outbound direction? How about people that tell other people uh, deliberately things that aren't true? You know, like, hey, you know, there's five bucks under this rock and there isn't. Then when he bends down to pick it up, then you clobber him. Yeah, exactly. So so first of all, (laughs) when you hold a lie, if I was to tell you guys – a lie, but you both didn't know that it was a lie. I'd like for you to imagine that, that I hold an energetic advantage over you. I, even if I just feel that way, even the feeling of it gives me an energetic advantage over you. So if I was to say the relic, of, the relic of, of Cosma is in my possession, um, both of you would, would instantly be in a deficit of saying, well, what is the relic of Cosma? And the second deficit would be, is it really in James's possession? Now, the moment we begin that conversation, instead of it being a conversation, I'd like you to picture that it's really a prana economy. It's a thermodynamic equation between us as we exchange energy. We've set the stage now where I hold a mystery. I have something encrypted, right? It's like zipped in a zip file. You guys don't know what's inside, but you know it's zipped and you know that I'm coveting it. So that would be a lie if that situation wasn't true, and that would be a beautiful gift if it was true. Both those are two different labyrinths that I'm able to pull your energy into. Because you don't know the answer, you have to simulate two different paths in your mind. Your mind palace now has to construct two versions of me. One version, I'm telling the truth. One version I'm lying. The second you do that, you are now splitting your energy between two different tasks. Your main processor is now having to render two video games, not one. That gives me a strategic advantage over you because I can feel more powerful now because I hold something that you don't. So I will construct more and more lies as cleverly as I can to build myself a tower to feel better. Now, When you say feel better, though, I just want to clarify that it's actually wrong to think that most people want more power. The truth of the matter is most people, just like their dilation, are very uncomfortable with power. So we utilize victimhood pretty much every day of our lives to shed power, to shed power, to shed power. So most of the lies that you're looking at, I just want to point out, are not actually power plays. They are power offloads. 
there. Can you please take my sovereignty away? <laughs> I need you to witness me and, and understand how I really am a victim in this, 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 and this. And don't, don't, don't screw that up. Okay. Don't be telling me a solution. Don't be telling me a way out. I want to feel the vortex of dumping this energy down on my knees by, by declaring this victimhood. And I need your witness to help me seal that uh, thermodynamic equation. Yeah, it's a complex subject, you know, uh, because how about the salesman that just tells you part of the truth to sell something and then you buy the thing and uh, you find out, whoa, you know. <laughs> I want to find out if the $5 under the rock is more expensive than the relic James has. That's even the salesman, if you truly look at, at how the salesman renders his reality, um, the salesman has to be able to sleep well at night. So the salesman has to create a warp bubble around him where the lies that, that, that you and I would see him telling would not be lies to him. He would need to render that world where you need something and that he's the one that's able to provide that for you. And oh, so yeah. that's why he's always having to render the world like that and why he does so poorly in sales with anyone who's resisting that time bubble, that, that reality bubble it has. So you start to, when you start to really add this stuff up and this goes back to from the time you're two years old, for real, I, I, I think it's safe to say guys that there really is a no objective truth because truly most of the, the interactions we have are purely smell based. They are, they are predetermined by our uh, inner reptile and we have a unanimous prana economy that we've decided well beforehand. You'll notice that someone will automatically be the alpha typically in certain situations. Those things happen not by rational thought that would take way too long. Those things are happening on a much deeper smell level, mainly because so many people just really don't want to be the person in charge like that. So it's a struggle, but it's a struggle. It's not a struggle for power. <laughs> it's a struggle for which one of us is going to be crucified. If, if the, if enough of the group is upset, right, that that's really what you're seeing happen when you're, when you're fighting for power is you're fighting for who's going to draw the straw and go up on the cross. When, when us as a group decide that we're unhappy, but we need someone to blame. Mm, it reminds me of a saying, forgot who was the anthropologist. He said, uh, here in the West, we don't create our gods, we defy our victims. Mm -hmm. So you think this is happening at all times on social media, politics, celebrities? This is. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way around it. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at the uh, prophetic movements through Rome. The, the, the religion was birthing itself in trauma dilation rituals. Mm -hmm. That's all it was, right? Yeah. Which one of us can, can pull out the most trauma in, in the quickest amount of time? Because that's going to allow me to martyr myself. Look at the martyring. Oh, my goodness. It's like the worst victimhood Olympics you could possibly imagine, <laughs> right? In fact, oh, yeah. if you were to consider what a Pharisees or the Sadducees or whatever we're looking at, they were constantly watching this American Idol gong show of who was <laughs> mutilating themselves the worst, right? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Like John the Baptist, right? Probably drowning people. Ezekiel literally burning burning his own poo to, to cook bread. Um, all the, the, the whippings, the, the flagellations, the, uh, the hair shirts, the camel hair shirts, the, 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 the mutilation ceremonies, all those ceremonies are still going on today. Uh, the martyrdom that you see was 
um, I, it's written in history as, oh, there were all these poor victims. But I think the truth of it actually is a little bit, a little bit sicker than that, that a lot of these people were embracing these rituals because they were uh, dilation ceremonies. They were, yeah, and the early Christians couldn't wait to be thrown to the lions. I mean, it's yes. historically accurate. It's like, we want to die. There's even a story where the Christians went to some Roman judge and like, we are Christians, you need to kill us. And the Roman judge is like, get the hell out of here. I'm going back to bed. That's how bad they were. <laughs> it got so insane that I think that probably what happened was the Kabbalist priests, the ones that were trying to... Uh, to uh, protect the book of Moses, they were like, first of all, a, we can't talk about Egypt. So no, no one here can talk about anything that came from commit. So, so all that's out, but then B um, we've told them that God is not in this world anymore. The animism isn't here. Now it's theism, right? Now God is outside this world. They are, <laughs> are freaking out, man. They're running around going, I see God. It's like, how do you see him? He's like, I take my nuts and I put my genitals <laughs> on this rock and I'm like, oh my God, I see it. Like, dude, let me try that. And you have this competition for who's the most pious based on who's willing to cut themselves the most. And so you have this Messiah after Messiah after Messiah, which is why if you, it's always one Messiah beget another Messiah, right? Elijah beget John who beget Jesus. It's always the begetting of begetting of begetting because someone else is coming because someone else is coming. What if the Kabbalists were like, all right, this is insane. This is insane. We got to figure out something what to do. And they were like, what if, what if we made the ultimate victim? What if we made the cleanest lamb you could possibly imagine that would be more clean than John, more clean than all these other people that are freaking out doing all this weird shit? Let's 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 make that. Let's call that the final Messiah. Let's call that the Last Supper. Let's call that the Passover lamb because we need these people. Do you just stop cutting your genitals, please? Like you could just hear them saying that. Just can you just come to church? Can you just get a job? come to church and stop cutting your nuts? And the answer is no, no, we can't. <laughs> you took God away from us. You said theism. You said God isn't here. So I can't see God in the river. I can't see God in the trees. I can't see God in the wind. I can't even read birds anymore for Christ's sake. You guys freaked out over that. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do now? I'm going to find God in my pain. I'm going to find God in the, uh, the removal of him because that's what theism did. Theism said, there is no God. See if you can find him. And this is what happens. You're flailing, scientism, all of it. This is what happens when you pull God out of this world. Yeah, and you and I talked about it last time. It's uh, This is happening today with the virtue signaling of celebrities and politicians, the eagerness for ritual humiliation and sacrifice. I mean, it's nothing has really changed has it, it really hasn't <laughs> and but i wanted to when we're talking about the truth is um what about this idea of uh let me know your thoughts on this we're talking about lies but uh when i've gone to let's say um some QAnon people and again I, I would do i've done this when obama was the president and he had his own acolytes his own uh, sanhedrin or whatever you want to call it but i would be like you know um if he's so great obama slash uh trump whatever why doesn't he come put it, the cards down on the table about 9 11 
about the Vegas shooting, about Area 51, about things that we kind of all collectively know there's something missing. We know right. collectively. And of course, the answer is like, because the population can't handle the truth. It will mm. melt their brains. Uh, of course, I roll my eyes. But uh, what, how does this play into your ideas, James? Is this holding of the lie and the truth at once over our heads or something? I think like that. that I think that that that's actually correct. That 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 truly. So so first of all, the truth is out there. People do know it. Mm-hmm. They, they do. It, it's yeah, we all know it. What's happening is is that is that there are people out there that just aren't aren't looking at it, and a lot of us are upset because they're not. But we're yelling at flowers. Like we're literally screaming at flowers because they're not open. You know, they're like, why aren't you open? Open, open right now. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? It doesn't. You got to, you got to sit with them. You got to wait. They'll open when they're ready. That's, this is actually why I call it the best apocalypse ever because I'm under the impression that somebody printed a, a time capsule that every reset, someone plants a time capsule and that time capsule has, um, has the map of what's happening. And I really, really believe that every time that there's another reset, uh, the acolytes of this place know what worked and what didn't work last time when it came to opening more flowers up. I'd like you to, to imagine that there were, let's just say that, that the earth resets every 6,000 years due to climate, due to, well, I don't care whatever it is. It d- doesn't matter. Let's say that, it, that it's reset at least 12 times. That on the first time that, that it reset, let's say that the third dynastic period of Egypt, 2200, that was a big event, uh, 2200 BC, some kind of 4.2 megahertz event or something. No one really knows what it is. But let's say that before that event, people knew somehow that the system was ending, that there was a reset, and they planted this time capsule. And before they planted it, only about a thousand people lit up like the only only a thousand people truly blossomed when it came to consciousness like learn to see on a pure aperture based uh scale where you're just full open as full open as a human could be and then on the next reset they started saying well if we invent this god or if we say this or if we say that it'll get people to resonate more with the idea that their mind is a virgin mary and that she has this immaculate conception and that even though they feel dirty they need to feel like they can clean themselves so that they can raise up because they're not standing up these flowers are not standing up tall enough fast enough and so they end up getting reset and they don't live but if we inject enough religion, if we inject enough mythology, we can make these flowers raise up faster. And that truly is the alchemy of mythology and, and psychology and all those things. This is really hard stuff. It, it wouldn't be done by a human, by the way. I think you're probably looking at some sort of an AI that has a full map of the brain and how certain ideas and mythology turn certain gears inside the synaptic nerves, which showcase the scaffolding of it all and resonate in a certain way that it's so, so much like singing just the right note and a beautiful woman gets moist. It's the same thing. It's like this dilation that happens from the frequency. 
So you're looking at this gang of acolytes. We can call them Freemasons if you want, but I don't, I think it's more like Kabbalists that see what's happening and write this shit down and hoard that information. They, they encrypt it. And then when it comes again, they're, they're always about a thousand years ahead. And so they're able to kind of steer the mythology in just the right ways. That's why the astro theology is so on point. That's why all these resonance things like Petra and Peter, like both being the same thing, the, the rock and the man at the same time, there's so many resonance things The you know, the, the whole book itself is, is not only a cosmology, but it's a theology too. It's just so many things like that. Just kind of tell me that it has to work that way. At the same time, um, my friend Jim uh, told me of this saying that you have in uh, Persia, a Zoroastrian saying that says, evil always turns stupid. And uh, let me know if you agree, but looking at this year, it almost feels like it. One reason might be the best apocalypse, because even this year, with uh, it seems haphazard, the whole... Uh, vaccines opening states don't agree countries don't agree it seems they were just stumbling over this great reset and even beyond that uh, years ago james i worked uh, for an agency and we did some marketing for a think tank and ted koppel was in it we did this work on cyber attacks and we do the simulations so how dangerous they were and to scare the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And back then I was like, oh man, they're going to roll this out in time, you know, to get people the next fear porn will be cyber. And even this year, the cyber attacks have happened, but nobody is really afraid of these cyber attacks, even though, oh no, the meat's going to stop it. It seems like a fit in the whole UFO thing that they're trying to roll out. Uh, people are more interested in The Bachelor than they are in this, you know, Cthulhu that is supposed to be coming down from the sky. But, I mean, do you feel that evil has become stupid and they're rolling, they're just stumbling over themselves these days? I, I think that, that you're you're just looking at a, a population that that um, is is only comfortable looking at American Idol and the television and a two party. That's why there's only two parties. That right. It's very simple, right? It's so simple that even a, someone asleep could do it. It's just pick a color. That's all right. Red shift is, is something in the future. According to the Doppler effect, blue shift is something in the past. So do you want to go back? Do you want to go forward? What, what, which color do you want? And then they're just like, Oh, okay, this is fun. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, it was snow cones or blue and red. This is fantastic. And so that allows you to live in the greenhouse and be reaped for your your evil. When I say evil, I mean the lack of you, right? So your evacuation will allow you to survive, but only until a certain threshold. That threshold is going to be a a frequency. The Pied Piper um, is truly always been calling out the witch hunters in human society that you could look at the old Testament even and, and look at the stories there to find out is your obedience so strong that you would kill your own son in the middle of the day because I told you to, or are you enough of a human? Have you developed enough empathy to where if I order you as, as Lord, Hey, kill your son right now, 
that even though you're obedient to me, you would still look at me and say, Lord, I can't do that. I love my son so much. I just can't do that. Now, if you think about humanity being raised by this sensei, think of Satan as sensei, then you start to see what Lord technology is. The Old Testament Lord technology was a greenhouse gardener that's coming up to the tomatoes saying, are you ripe yet? Are you ripe yet? And how does it test it? It says, will you kill your son? And the answer is, yeah, I'll kill him right the fuck now. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, no, 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 no. Here, look at this convenient goat over here. Kill that instead. That, that means that the tomato was still green. It wasn't ripe yet. And that after the Old Testament, think of that as the first tower. Think of that as Joaquin. Then you, you're ready for something else. You're replacing the Old Testament religion with something new, something that's a little bit more mercy oriented, like the crook and the flail of Egypt, right? One is the flail. It's there to beat you. The other is the shepherd's crook. It's there to, to gently lead you. So you could look at those as gardening tools for, for psychology, for, for psychosis. And then if you start to look at every single world war, please, please understand that my cosmology, I believe that all countries uh, are work together. I don't think that there's actually any separate countries at all. I know it looks like that, but you could imagine that each world war would be the calling of the stupid. It would be Archduke Ferdinand was <laughs> killed. You have to avenge him. And, and the uh, first, the guy's like, I'm not going to go do that. And he's like, over there, <laughs> over there. And the guy's like, I'm not going to send the word and the word over there. Right. And slowly the guy's like, I'm fucking going over there. I'm going to fucking kill those guys. Rah, 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 rah. So you have this St. Peter. I mean, this uh, St. Patrick, the same archetype throughout history, but through modern history, always calling that Pied Piper, always saying, hey, bring out your dead, bring out your spiritually asleep, bring out your uh, empathically um, retarded, <laughs> right? Seriously, because right. what is war? Will you, will you take this gun and shoot someone else for their fashion, right? What clothes are they wearing? That's the only requirement. You can kill someone if they're not wearing the same color, red or blue, as you. That that same thing has always been used to garden us. Even through modern times, all the way, our entire timeline, I've seen that same gardener running through society. And that's why I think it's the best apocalypse ever, because I, I think that there's, there's so much consent to all this. Everything's consent based. It's there's never a jackboot coming to crush down your door and hit you with a needle from 50 paces. Like it doesn't work that way. It's always, will you come out and roll up your sleeves for us? It's always rolling up your sleeve. It's always this idea of, hey, if you were nice, you'd do this, right? If you cared about your country, you'd get on this plane. And go shoot someone for wearing the wrong shirt. It's always that same kind of like bid, that consent bid, just like, hey, do you want to kill your son? Will you kill your son right now? It's 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 the same kind of parable over and over again. So even if evil is stupid, people are still stupid. <laughs> it's yeah, but we said the, the draft. Remember the draft? I 
Yeah, the draft is an exception to that because uh, I'm old enough to have been uh, subjected to that, and nobody is going to ask your consent there. You register with the Selective Service, and they gotcha. Vance, I'm going to disagree. I'm so sorry. And the reason why I'm going to disagree is because if you go back into the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War One, and World War Two, you see the exact same things they were telling people: if you do not enlist right now, you are going to be drafted. If you do not enlist right now, you are going to be drafted. And so many of those people were, were signing up because they were given bonuses. Why? Because they were told that they were going to get drafted anyway. You see this with Abraham Lincoln, with all the armies of the North. Uh, the Revolutionary War, the Pied Piper song of Yankee Doodle Dandy was paid by both Georges. <laughs> George uh -huh. Washington in America had a version of Yankee Doodle Dandy, which was talking about how stupid the Brits were. And the Brits had the exact same song talking about how dumb uh, the Patriots were. <laughs> I'm not saying that the draft is the only thing, but it was a, a compulsion. Uh, it wasn't totally, totally voluntary. They, they make it voluntary look better than the draft. So they make people, they coerce people to sign up. So I have to agree with that part too. It's gotten harder to get us to kill people for fashion statements. Our wars have gotten smaller, haven't they? And I think the totally. reason why our wars have gotten smaller is because that's that technique doesn't work anymore. And so now you start to look at things like vaccines. And if you most vaccines have metal in it, the shrapnel is still there. The bullet's just a lot tinier now. That if you look at the, <laughs> the swine flu out, output that happened in 76, I think it was 76, where all these people got sick from that. If you look at the Cutter incident, uh, when they were claiming to, to cure polio from that, that you have this uh, systemic uh, roll up your sleeve thing again. Hey, volunteer for this. You got to do this. You got to do this for this. And you got to do this for that. And if you don't, you're going to get in trouble. And if you don't, you're going to not going to be able to fly. Or if you're not going to be able to do this, you're not going to be able to do that. It's the game's the same. The bullets are so much tinier now. We're so much smarter than we used to be that now it takes scientism. Now it takes an entire uh, realm of science that's just complete bullshit. But because enough people just follow the crowd, you end up like, like you're saying about the stupid thing, the evil is always stupid, that those lemmings have no choice. They will thresh themselves out. They will climb into the wood chipper and that that's the only consent way to do it. That, that I could tell you that, that people that have a deeper aperture, a deeper dilation, I should say, have been able to set up a guillotine in the town square that says safe and effective. And, and it says this cures witchcraft. This cures commies, this cures terrorists, this cures Arabs, this cures the Klan, this cures the North, this cures the South, this cures everything. That there's always this constant, hey, we can fix you from witches. We can help you hunt that witch. It, it's at first when you start to look at the fact that there's a mass eugenics program in place, your first reaction is that is so evil. That is so evil. And guys, I'm not even saying it's not, but I just want you to, to hear what happens when you trace that back. That Think about demonology, uh, the book by King James before he wrote the Bible. He literally wrote a manual saying, look, that old lady has too many cats. You want burner. <laughs> if oh, she yeah. puts a salve on your knee, right? If she puts a salve on your knee and talks to it, we're going to kill her. If she tells you something, using her her voice 
if she uses her voice to fix you, she's a witch. And so you have this, this society where I'm not even joking here, where people are ripping off their genitals, placing them on top of sticks and running through town, talking about how they see God now that you as the person that that's more dilated would say, I don't like that. These people (laughs) are running around the forest right now. They keep killing all the really smart herb ladies, right? They keep thinking that they're witches. I want them to stop. All they do is burn things, right? They run through town, they get mad and they burn someone. If anyone's going to die, I don't want it to be witches. I want it to be them. I want it to be those guys. And I think that's when you started the entire, the entire uh, St. Patrick's program, the calling of the snakes, right? That you're able to play a tune that's so catchy that the children or snakes, it depends on which, which mythology you follow, um, are mesmerized by the music and follow the piper down to the river where they drowned. And that as long as you're playing just the note that brings those people, that's a eugenics program that makes the forest safer over time. Guys, I'm not saying that eugenics is cool. I'm just trying to tell you why I think that people who consider themselves good would end up developing a program like that over time. Oh, yeah, completely understand. That's technocracy right there, and the road to hell is paved with uh, good intentions and uh, and Twitter blue check marks, I would say, too, and the mass media. (laughs) The 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 Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, 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 amen. Do you have a question, Vance, for James? Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, all this farming and ranching and so forth of people to make them do this or that, um, earlier you were talking uh, uh, in a metaphor about the flowers, opening of the flowers, and people, you know, some sort of group, um, you know, trying different things to get more flowers to open, which seems seems like a quote-unquote good thing. Is, Is that group of people, and you also mentioned that they would be, uh, you suspected they were not human. Do uh, you think that group is related to the UFOs and that the government knows about them? I, I personally think that, that they could be human. Um, I, I, this is all speculation on my part, but I'm under the impression sure. that, that how it works is, is that this there it's the year 5,781 right now in the Hebrew calendar. It's like the oldest calendar I could find. There's like 219 years. Okay. And I could see in 219 years, um, a EMP, an electromagnetic pulse from the sun that would literally destroy, um, all Silicon based, and magnetic based storage in an hour, right? So just picture, we'll call it a solar flare, but uh, picture a, a burst from the sun, the, the solar flare that would be so strong. It, so it, it, anything with SSD memory is light-based, right? It's just a, a wafer of silicon that's that's shown to a uh, hard drive writer. And, and the actually it's not a hard drive anymore. It's a, a driver and that driver burns the bit in that silicone or doesn't burn the bit in that silicone. And that's how every single bit of data that we have in technology right now is stored on one of two mediums, either silicone or magnetic, right? The old tape drives. You could certainly argue that, that, well, some people have uh, optical plastic 
of that stored, but actually even those CDs um, are, are light would be light written. So I think even those would, would probably die. You'd certainly have some technology survive. You'd have some sapphire wands, some wireless lithium ion shit that vacuum tubes. <laughs> yeah. You'd have some things like that. But the point is, is that all the language that we speak right now, which is called uh, C, most of what all our computers right now speak is C. All that would be gone <laughs> like overnight. And as soon as all that's gone overnight, we would lose the ability to speak to in one language to everyone all over the world. So what I'm painting for you is, is that the Tower of Babel, right? The idea that, that everyone was united under one language is uh, hexadecimal. It, it's, it's, you know, one of 16 characters. It's one of 16 hieroglyphs that allow us to communicate literally every single thing that happens over the internet. It, it bases down into, into those bits that those bits would all of a sudden become sacred knowledge because, and I'm a computer guy, but I don't read assembly language. So if this CMP happened tomorrow, I would still be looking at you guys going, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I have no idea what to do, guys. I can't compile. I can't run basic. I can't run a, I can't run B. I can't run C. There's no way, none of that, all that's out. We would find ourselves suddenly dispersed. We would find ourselves suddenly uh, unable to communicate. That reset would would feel like a deluge, wouldn't it? Like that would be a word we might use to describe it. It was the sudden forgetting of everything. Now, before we forgot everything, I'd like for you to imagine that in 219 years, we will know everything. I think that that's possible. That in 219 years, we would know everything. And the reason why we know everything is simply because of simulation. The stronger a computer gets at simulating, truly what a god is, is has someone who has the ability to out-simulate every other living entity around them. Because if you think about what omniscience is, if, if you're able to, if you and I are in a chess match, but let's say the chess match is, is your entire interactions with the world. If you were a grandmaster at chess, you would always be 12 moves ahead of me, always. There's no way that I would ever be able to compete with you in that world. It just, it, it wouldn't happen. In fact, you would be so consistently better than me that I would not look at you as my equal. I would, I, would, I would have to turn you into some sort of a god. In fact, you would be able to be invisible from me. If you, if you think about it, <laughs> you would uh, be invisible from me because your simulations would be so far in the future that you would know exactly where to go, what to, what to pick up, what to blow on, what, what little button to push 30 minutes before I even got there. You would know that. You would have that ability. And as as we start to farm into a central nervous system, right? Because that's what the internet is, right? It was the Morse code. It was the telegraph. That telegraph became smarter. It started to do pictures. Then you got the fax machine. Then you got the phone. Then you have the internet. So you're looking at a core central nervous system that's being built all over the world, that's connected. That once we learn how to tap into nature itself as a processor, Once we start to realize that the salt inside the ocean itself has information in it, 
that we've never been able to decrypt before, all the lies, all the lies that have ever been told become obsolete. And it might sound beautiful, but I'd like for you to picture how completely awful, awful, awful it would be to live in a world where you know everything, where there's no surprise, there's no corners, guys. You you couldn't even go into a cave and explore because the soft light bounce you'd be able to detect from time differentials and you would know exactly what this cave looks like and there's no way you could hide from it. There would be no more mystery and there would be no more lies. No one would be able to hide their fields from each other because you would be simulating through that. You would just sear it and their prana economy wouldn't work. We would find that free will disappears the moment there's no more mystery. Well, we're at the end of for the audience, uh, or could you tell for the audience, James, where they can find you more about your work and your great books? Sure. I have uh, five books out now and uh, they're on Amazon and uh, the other normal places. And my website's jtrue.com. And I do a live stream uh, um, that we kind of go through different, different stuff right now. It's John the Baptist and the solstice. Um, and uh, yeah, I do that show whenever I can and, uh, and right in between. So. Yeah. You have your YouTube show that you used to do it every day and now you do it uh, less often, but you also have a, a, a Patreon. Um, That's right. Session yeah. or lesson. Dojo earth. Last year we started a dojo, which was, uh, um, these victimhood things that we do with energy, I think are really important to find and to stop. And so we actually meet as a group and just discover the victimhood in, in each of our own lies. Like the, we basically call each other out on our lies in, in a, a group setting. And uh, that really helps a lot, especially right now with everything going on in the world. So, Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and uh, always enjoy talking to you and good luck with everything. Oh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, to the, to a nice summer. Amen. And there you have it, my beloved true seekers. Our first part with James True. And we've only just begun polishing our They Live glasses. In our second part, James will continue with the idea that any mystery can be solved and Vance will provide one that might be impossible to be solved. Good discussion. James will also discuss his take on Baphomet, the new arc, and trauma. He'll share intriguing ideas on Michael Jackson, Shabbatai Zevi, evil Hollywood, Medusa, and Jesus being a necromancer. He'll ponder if America can be saved, and offer new wrinkles on the notions of freedom and unalienable rights, and much more. So please support to get the full best apocalypse. Only $6.99 a lunar cycle, or whatever you want to pledge on Patreon. Or you can now subscribe to the easy-to-use private RSS feed from Red Circle, found in the show notes for less than $5 per month, 
and you'll get the last 200 shows in the podcast provider of your choice. And it takes Stripe, since many of you tell me you just hate Patreon or PayPal. No matter where you subscribe, it will cost you about a buck per episode, and that's a deal of many lifetimes. Membership to AB Prime or Patreon mid-levels include full access to more than 15 years of quality interviews. You'll get an invitation to the Inner Sanctum of Gnosis Facebook group and the Discord channel. Even support in the form of some shekel donations to PayPal or the US mail really, really helps. There is also a link on the show notes if you want to donate via Stripe. I also have the merch store and an Amazon wish list. And don't forget, I am on Rockfin and Odyssey if you want to support with some crypto. Finding Hermes is going strong, and so are our virtual Alexander exclusive private meetings that include exercises loyal to the ancient Gnostics and a monthly intimate Q&A. If you want to understand and experience Gnosticism in its full impact and liberating secrets, become an official citizen of the Virtual Alexandria. We've recently done presentations on Gnostic non-dualism, the Gnostic Mary Magdalene, and sex magic. Quite a variety, eh? Whew. I know that's a lot, but, you know, I gotta stay spread out as the Archons are always there to cancel my ass. If you need help with all these choices, just message my ass. I'm always here to help, and I truly appreciate your help. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self. Here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.